So let me read straight away from Revelations chapter 3, verse 14 to 22. To the angel of... Now, I, I didn't put it up on the screen because I want you to go and get your Bible. Huh? Because in Revelations, I cannot put everything on the screen, so we better get used to it now. To the church, angel of the church in Laodicea, write, these are the words of the Amen. Wow. In other words, that's it. At the end of seven churches, Amen. What else? These are the words of the Amen. The faithful and true witness. In other words, everything Jesus says to you that I have shared with you on the seven churches is true. It's true. The ruler of God's creation. Don't sear, sear, can what has been shared with you in the last few weeks. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold, and I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am going to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize Jesus says that you are actually wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. What a description. So I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. You want richness? This is the one I'm talking about. True riches and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and solve to put on your eyes so you are no more blind but you can see. And those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, no compulsion, no cohesion, you decide, my friend, you decide. I will now come in, eat with you, and be with you. Don't you want Jesus to be with you? So to him who overcomes... I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And he who has a ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let me zero in straight away on the one distinguishing mark of this church. And uh, of all the seven churches, to Smyrna and Philadelphia, we know, God has nothing bad to say about these two churches. But this one in Laodicea, God has, Jesus rather, have nothing good to say. What? Nothing good? And, and we all know that Jesus is actually a very encouraging one, right? Jesus is very empowering. You know, he, he won't put you down. He won't insult you. If you even if you've got one aorta of good in you, uh, Jesus hey, you're so good. But here, not a single thing good, no. Why? Uh? What's wrong with this church? 
did he, they go into uh, 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 false teaching? No. Uh, did they deny the Lord when they were persecuted? No. Did they go into sexual immorality like the church in Thyatira? No. Hey, why, 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 uh, why Jesus? Nothing good, no, nothing good. Jesus will answer you. Well, only lukewarm. Uh. The only thing about this church is they were mediocre. They were insipid. They were half-hearted. But you say to me, Jesus, what's wrong with that? After all, if you look at the churches, many churches, they are like that, ma. If you look at our lives, hey, Jesus, you don't expect me to be hot all the time, you know. Hey, look, what's wrong with being warm? After all, uh, my son is in London. So I say, John, wear warm clothes, sir. Huh? Yes, Dad. Uh, let me give you a warm welcome. What's wrong with that, right? Uh, uh, a guest come to your house. What do you want to drink? I swam. Warm water. Hey, warm is not too bad, you know. But not spirituality. Warm can apply to a lot of things. Warm clothes, warm weather, warm welcome. But if you are spiritually warm, Jesus says, I'll spit you out. So what would be some synonyms of lukewarm? Insipid, half-hearted, indifferent, complacent. Type, type it in your chat, chat, chat room. Put it down. Tell me. I can't see it, but what do you think? If I were to ask you, give me one synonym for lukewarm, what would it be? Yep, half-heartedness, complacent, comfortable, uh, 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 whatever, lah, huh? you put it down. So I, I'm going to ask myself this question. Uh, um, why does Jesus spit you out? Is the word spit is actually a very, very, uh, 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 um, very, very interesting word, the word emisai, and it's only used one time in the entire New Testament, and guess where it's found? Here. What? Why? Because it's a very strong word. It's the word emisai where the word emetic comes from. So if you are feeling nauseated, you eat an anti-emetic. Anti-emetic means it prevents you from vomiting. So Jesus said, if you are lukewarm, I will emisai you. Do you know that the word Laodicean is actually found as a proper English word in the Oxford Dictionary. It means half-hearted. So in other words, yeah, man, don't be a Laodicean. Uh. In other words, don't be half-hearted. Come on, type it in your chat room. Don't be a Laodicean. So if you're there with your wife or with her, come on, give her a nudge or give him a nudge. Don't be a Laodicean. <laughs> Why? Uh? Look, I'm going to spend some time on this. Uh, in fact, my whole sermon is on this because it is the central theme for the whole message. I'm not going to give you 10 points because why? If there's one message you take from me, this is the last message of Jesus. Better take it seriously. Huh? 
So I asked myself this question, why do people become offended? So I listed down this. People get offended because they're cynical. They're sceptical. Ayah, church, huh? Oh, yeah. Are you sure or not, Pastor? Oh, all these words that you say uh, will come to pass or not? There's distrust. There is no faith. There is no trust. No, you know, I, I, I just did a, 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 a study with my staff over last Tuesday where I quoted this amazing research by Dr. Sam Lum in Singapore where he did a research or a survey of 1,220 executives in Singapore on how they did not get promoted, how they were derailed, called leadership derailment. Do you know that in his research, the second most important high-risk factor of people that get derailed are those people who are cynical. They don't trust the leadership. They don't trust the boss. Everything the company does, can or not, sure or not. So, if you are cynical, you'll be lukewarm. Too judgmental, complacent, self-sufficient, and many people are lukewarm because they've been disappointed. I give up lah. And I didn't put number seven, Dare not put, but I mention it anyway. You're lazy. Do you know how Jesus wants us to exercise our faith? What is the greatest commandment? Jesus says, Love the. Come on, read with me. You read with me? Can you read with me? All right, those of you who are here, all right, read with me, everyone. Come on, come on. It's uh, almost 10, 11, something should be baked up by now. All right, let's all read loud. Are you ready? You all ready? One, two, three. Jesus says, love the Lord your God. Hey, read loud, read loud. Okay, are you ready? One, two, three. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. It's all, all, all. Hey, Jesus, why are you so, so, so superlative? Because Jesus says, I cannot send it otherwise. If you're mediocre, if you're insipid, half-hearted, I'll emissize you. Again and again, I find this. No man, Jesus says, having followed me, put his hand to the plough, looking back, is not fit. Hey, very strong words, you know. No man who's not willing to take up his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Some people, they go and bury this, go and buy a field, I'm getting married, you go lah. Very serious. So can I encourage you, my friend? Let's Get out of our insipidness, our passionlessness, Christianity. Maintenance mode. Judge people, judge the church, not good enough. Wow. You know, Laodicea is part of a three-city cluster. And you find that... Uh, they are Hierapolis, Colossae, and Laodicea, separated by distance of 10 kilometers or thereabouts. And you find it in the book of Colossians, it is mentioned, 
uh, in Colossians 4.13, about Epaphras, Paul writes, I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Herapolis because they are part of a three-city cluster. And now, if you want to know more detail about this insipidness of a water, go and listen to Pastor Isaac's message this morning or yesterday. He gave a lot of detail, but I'm just going to mention it. Because Laodicea has no fresh water, so it gets hot water from uh, Herapolis, cold water from Laodicea, and they are... You know, those of you who visit Turkey, I'm sure those of you have. Uh, how many of you here visited Turkey before? Never. Beautiful country. You would have come to this Pamakule, right? Wow, awesome place, hot water stream, beautiful, all right? So they got hot water bath, and therefore the natural water is also hot because of the hot water stream. So the hot water is natural one, no? So they pipe this water through pipe, and today it's still there. Just to prove to you, Scripture is very consistent. So they pipe this water, all right, hot water and cold water from uh, 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 Herapolis and Colossae, by the time you reach Laodicea, it becomes lukewarm. And because of the minerals, as Pastor Isaac said, it makes you sick, sick. So Jesus says, you are like that, it makes me sick. Let me read to you now Uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 17 to verse 18. Tells us one of the reasons why uh, Laodiceans are half-hearted. I was very careful here what I say. Huh? So verse 17 and 18 says, You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked, and I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in a fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. So one of the reasons why Laodicea was complacent was because they are very rich. In fact, so rich were they that in AD 17, there was a big earthquake that wiped out the entire city almost. And, and the Roman government wanted to give funds to rebuild the city. But the Laodicea, no need, no need, no need. We can rebuild the city because we have enough funds. And they actually rebuild the city from their own funds. Wow. So I, I, I put this down. Two things about Laodiceans. They are very rich. Nothing wrong with riches, but the key is this. What is your perspective? What are you going to do with it? And how you behave? Very important. So they think that they are like that, no? But in Jesus' eyes, Jesus says what? You're actually wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. So I put in a table, comparing our perspective, very important, now listen to me very carefully, all right? Don't, don't, have, don't think like that, huh? because more importantly, is don't you think important what Jesus thinks of you? Right? It's not what your friends think of you. It's not what your, 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 your colleagues think of you. It's not even important what pastor think of you. Huh? Huh. More important than what Jesus thinks of you. So, so your perspective is you're rich. You are visionary. 
wow, your, your Nan Kong, uh, you know what I mean? You can actually see a lot of things other people don't see. You invest well. You're well clothed, all right? You see, black wool uh, that in, in Laodicea is a very, 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 very well-known commodity. And your financial freedom! Ah, but you say, no, 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 no. Actually, you think you're rich? You're bankrupt. You're visionary? You're blind. You think you're well-clothed? You're bare, naked. You think of financial freedom? You're actually in bondage. True or not? Absolutely spot on. Absolutely spot on. So I'm going to ask you, my friend, which perspective do you think is important? Huh? What you think? Or what Jesus actually thinks? Revelations chapter 18 to verse 20. That's why the Lord is so good, you know. In spite of all this, uh, Jesus still comes to the Laodicean and comes to you and to me. That's why I ask you, my friend, can you listen to me? All right, and I say this in love, and I say this without any condemnation. Jesus says, I counsel you. I advise you. So gentle, huh? Uh, if I would, yeah, I'd kick you. No, sorry. I won't do that. I won't do that. But Jesus, huh? That's why I love the Lord. So patient with us, one, no. I counsel you. So what did Jesus say? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in a fire, so you can become rich. Isn't it amazing? You want to be rich. This is a true riches, right? White clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, solve to put on your eyes. Remember, visionary, la, nakedness. La. So this is a solution. So you can see those whom I love, I rebuke. And I say the same to you. Look, don't see it as scolding. No, man, please. Jesus says, I love you. And I want the best from you. I want to set you up to win. Church, don't be mediocre anymore. Don't think that you, you have arrived anymore. Don't be passionless anymore. Because you say, I'm sick of it. So those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So what's the advice? Five things we must do. Hear me well. Five things. This is a recovery. Listen to me, friend. Listen to me. I want you to take it very seriously. And I don't want you to maintain and go down the same route as before. No, no. Five things. Number one, buy from me. Buy from me true riches. In other words, hey, businessman, hey, entrepreneur, hey, professional, transact with me. Buy from me gold and I will give you true riches. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, hey, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Transact with me. 
Don't waste your time. Don't waste your resources. Number two, wear white clothes. What are white clothes? White clothes means purified. La. White clothes means sanctified. La. In other words, take the filth off. Get rid of the worldliness. See. Put on eye salve. You know, you know, this is what I found. This is the, 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 the importance of the two commodities of Laodicea, black wool and eye salve. So specifically, Jesus says, man, see, take away the blinkers, take away all the, 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 the blindsidedness. And, and the fourth thing is very important, be earnest. Why? Because you were insipid, ma. Because you're mediocre, ma. Come, man, get up and do something. Come alive, man, come alive. And I found out even this morning, just this morning, I, I suddenly the Spirit of God say, Wing Chi, call me, always call me Sun Man. And, and the pet word, I won't tell you what it is. Look up the word earnest. So I look it up, it's almost an unpronounceable word. Zilu. And I said, wow, how come I didn't see it this morning? Just about a couple of hours before I, I, I came. It's again, the only time used in the entire New Testament is here. So two words, MSI and Zilu. And it means this. It actually means jealous, you know. I said, how come, uh, be jealous. Lord, what do you mean by jealous? Huh? And the Spirit of God says to me, say to my church, because it immediately follows, I love you. In other words, you must behave and conduct yourself as if we are so jealous of each other for our love that we will never allow anybody to come in. It's amazing, right? Be honest. In other words, is jealous, zealous. You are zealous because you are jealous of the love of God. You will never allow anything to come in. Be jealous, zealously, and repent. The fifth thing, Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. This is probably one of the most common verses in the entire Bible. But Jesus, I, 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 I thought, behold, here I am. Who is standing at the door? I am. I am that I am is standing at the door. And I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. No compulsion. If you hear what I say to you, and you say, Pastor, thank you very much, I'll do nothing. Up to you. Jesus will never force himself into your routine, into your life. 
But he says, if you open the door, I'll come in and eat with you and he with me. But you say, Pastor, I thought Jesus was in my house all the time. I thought Jesus was in my family all the time. Jesus was in my church with the communion, right? I thought Jesus is in my business all the time. Actually, no. Why? Because you don't take me seriously. You're half-hearted. You're insipid. You're mediocre. You're apathetic. You're on maintenance mode. So I stand outside. And I knock. Wow. Listen, my friend, as I close. Where is Jesus in your heart today? Where is Jesus today? Jesus says to you, look, would you open your life once again because I want to come in, I want to eat with you. So that the communion that we took just now is not an external thing. Jesus says, I want to sup with you every day, not once a month. Listen, all these things that we have done come and go, right? Grape juice on him, huh? You open their heart. Listen to what I have shared with you through your servant this morning. Invite me once again into your heart. Love me with passion. Love me with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind. Listen to me very carefully. I will come in and I will be with you. As I close, Jesus is so good. If you do this, two things will happen. I will come in and I will eat with you. Verse 20. But more important, oh, I love it, the second one. That's the reason why you notice that I did not look at the address in verse 14 and 15. I missed it deliberately because now I'm coming to it because you look at the beginning and the top. Uh, the beginning and the end it makes sense because why Jesus says if you do this not only will I come in and have fellowship with you I will be be there for you but he says I will give you the right to reign with me serious yes that's why Jesus addressed himself as the Amen Jesus addressed himself as the faithful and true witness. In other words, everything I say to you, my friend, is true. Don't be skeptical anymore. Don't be passionless anymore. Don't be, be insipid anymore. Don't be mediocre anymore. Don't be half-hearted anymore. Please. Because I want the best for you and this is. I am the Amen, the faithful and true witness. I am the ruler of God's creation. In other words, friend, I am the King of Kings and you will reign with me. Can I encourage you? Can I sincerely encourage you? To the angel of the church in Laodicea, right, this is the beginning. These are the works, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Hear it and hear it well. Come alive, my friend, come alive. 
and let's overcome. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can you bow your heads with me as we close? Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, we don't want to be insipid anymore. We don't want to be apathetic anymore. We don't want, Lord, to lull ourselves in a comfort zone anymore. There's no retirement in God's kingdom. Oh, may we be fired up once again. Many of you, you know, you have heard the Lord's call to go full-time. Many of you have, have had this tremendous zeal and zest inside you, but something has happened to you in the last couple of years and that fire has almost gone. Today, today, can I ask you, can you surrender your life back again to God and reignite once again? Reignite once again. Love the Lord once again. Give your life fully to Him. He will never shortchange you, my friend. He will never shortchange you. Oh, hallelujah. Let's, let's, let's overcome. Shall we do that? Whatever it is that's binding you down, come on, let's overcome. Will you open the door of your heart to Jesus? Jesus is knocking at your door. You know, this verse is never, never meant for non-Christians, you know. We use it for evangelistic rallies. It is meant for you and for me. You'd be surprised that so many of us have shut Jesus out of our lives for years. Our homes, our families, our churches, our nation. Today, I want you to rededicate your life back again to God wherever you are listening to me in your TV room, in your home. Don't be insipid anymore. Don't lull yourselves into, a, into complacency anymore. While you still have breath, you hear me say many times, my friend, as long as I, I have breath in my nostril, as long as one ounce and one calorie of strength left inside of me, I will serve the Lord. Would you do that? Would you do that, my friend? Give your best. Because He has given you His best and His all. Love Him. Love Him. Give you a couple of minutes or one a minute or so to reflect on what has been shared. Will you do that? In a moment of silence and quietness, let the voice of God only be heard, not the voice of a man. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. That's why you said, those whom I love, I rebuke. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Then in spite of who we are, you still love us just the same. Thank you. 
So Lord, may we respond in earnest. The same intensity and the same degree of your love for us help us to be jealous, zealous. Oh God, that we keep this relationship strong, vibrant, dynamic, alive, ongoing so that, Lord, you can come in into our lives. Sup with us. Commune with us. So that this morning's communion is just not a one-off event, but a daily experience. Commune with us, Lord. Commune with us. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you this day. May the Lord make His face always to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards all of you and your loved ones and always grant you shalom. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen and amen.